Welcome to the Colossal Conflicts of the 1900s. In this podcast today, I will be drawing connections with one war to the next in the 1900s, which only draws conclusions as to why things happened in a certain way. So I'll start with pre-World War I. Countries in this time had unique views and wanted different things. France wanted its territories, Alsace and Lorraine, back from Germany. Germany had taken these during France's defeat in the Franco-Prussian War. But now France wanted revenge. What Germany wanted was a navy stronger and bigger than England's. In fact, Germany was in an arms race against England with their dreadnought ships. Each dreadnought ship was more advanced than the last one until Germany was right behind Britain in the Navy category. To make matters worse, when Germany colonized in Africa, Britain saw this as a threat as they were the country with the most colonies in Africa at this time. Africa provided Britain with resources, so they did not want anyone to get in the way. But one could not blame Germany for taking action as they were a smaller nation bordered by three major powers of France, Russia, and Austria. Speaking of Austria, what they desired was not letting their empire to collapse, which seemed reasonable. They also had declared war on Serbia as they thought Serbia's leaders were a major factor in the assassination of their heir to the throne. When the Duke of Austria was killed, Serbia was blamed as the Black Hand, the group who killed the Duke. Well, they were a Serbian group, and except they had no ties to the government. Austria had even issued an ultimatum which required Serbia to suppress all anti-Austrian activities and dismiss all officials from the Austria-Hungary to enter Serbia and investigate the murder. The last country to mention, the hugest of them all, the mother of all, Slavic nations is Russia. They desired warm water ports and wanted to protect all Slavic nations to gain freedom from the Austrians. They were once a part of the Free Emperor's League, but after their rivalry ended with the Austrians in the Balkans, Russia joined France when Wilhelm dropped them. They formed the Triple Entente with Britain 
and Russia and France banded armies to be more powerful than Germany. Both Russia and France were at odds with Austria-Hungary, so they signed an agreement that if either were attacked by the Triple Alliance, they would come immediately to each other's sides. Obviously, everyone wanted different things, which would never coordinate with another country. This would only lead to an outbreak of a disastrous war. It would be impossible to place the blame on a single country, as it was a combined effort which started the war. With tensions greatly increased between countries, society became more isolated from each country after the war. No country wanted another huge conflict like World War I ever again. Therefore, peace negotiations would begin. Just peace is a concept that was used to negotiate after World War I. It entails the idea of peacekeeping day by day with various tactics. Cooperation, independence, human rights, and democracy are all elements of this theory. The Treaty of Versailles was put into place by the League of Nations. After four years of a dreadful war, countries were ready to agree on peace and tranquility. The League of Nations was a discussion group that was formed to maintain order, but ultimately failed. Their efforts in collective security led to their downfall, as the purpose of collective security was to avert war, and in the 1920s, the League participated in the attempted reconciliation of Germany with France and Great Britain. However, these efforts failed in the face of territorial aggression in the 1930s by Italy, Germany, and Japan. Unfortunately, the Collective Security Initiative increased tensions between European countries, causing suspected conflict. The Canadian government knew that Collective Security was a short-sighted decision and attempted to remove it to prevent war. Eventually, the League stopped functioning as a collective security organization and had even changed to the United Nations in 1945. Even though the group of country leaders only wanted to prevent conflict, war was bound to come because hate could not be eliminated. The League of Nations only proved that everlasting peace cannot be achieved with civilized discussion. The Germans were upset during the Treaty of Versailles because it was simply unfair, as they had lost a lot of land and they had to return all their taken territories like Alsace and Lorraine, as well as many other territories from various countries. The military decreased to 100,000 men as the army was not allowed tanks. 
no Air Force, no submarines, only six capital naval ships. The loss of vital industry territory would be a severe blow to attempts by Germany to rebuild her economy. Coal from the Saar in Upper Celsius was a vital economic loss. Combined with financial penalties linked to reputations, it seemed clear that the Allies want to bankrupt Germany. Eventually, these peace movements led to totalitarianism as Germans were upset with the negotiations of the treaty. They supported extremist parties like the Nazis. Fascist parties were rising like crazy in this time, almost like an opposition to the hate. Fascists are revolutionists who break up social party, like the Nazis, if it will bring more expansion or power to them. Conservatives believe in democracy, while fascists believe in dictatorship. An example of fascist leaders would be Adolf Hitler and his Nazi campaign. The system is often military-based and quite racist. The Nazi revolt had begun. The Nazis promised jobs for the unemployed in state-financed work programs, help for employers to increase profits, help for shopkeepers and farmers, and the promise of a greater Germany. The Nazis were well organized, which appealed to the middle class at a chaotic period in time. They held mass rallies and introduced a poster campaign to make Hitler appear as a strong leader. This drew in followers as their campaigning was so effective. The Nazis also had the support of wealthy industrialists on their side, such as Henry Ford, American car manufacturer, who saw the Nazis as a solution to stopping the communism movement. During the 1933 election, Nazi propaganda encouraged the Germans to vote for the Nazis with mass rallies, parades, and radio broadcasts. In March 1933, there was victory for Nazis as 44% of the voters voted for them, which was more than ever before. The Nazis won 288 seats. The Nationalist Party gained 52 seats, and it joined the, the Nazis to form a slender majority of 647 seats in the Reichstag. Another revolution in Russia was happening as well. Lenin was the leader of the radical group during the first Russian revolution. Stalin had joined his party in 1903 to overthrow the Tsar government. They used assassinations, riots, strikes, and demonstrations to unify people against the Tsar Nicholas. So in March 1917, revolutionaries took control of Russia with several demands. These were a constitution, an interim government, for the war to continue, and for the Tsar to abdicate his throne. Unfortunately, the revolutionists were still unhappy with the results of their revolution. They wanted a larger change, so they organized councils of soldiers and workers, told peasants to seize land from landowners. They started, once again, another revolution. This involved seizing government buildings and communication and transportation stations as well as power plants. Lenin declared that Russia was withdrawing from the war 
and that the plans for land distribution were complete. One thing these fascists had in common was that they both hated democracy. Totalitarianism had different aspects than democracy. Democracies included individualism, equal rights for opportunity, goals in pursuing opportunities by people cannot interfere with freedom of others trying to do the same thing, balanced rights for all, rights had to come with responsibility and freedom of expression beliefs, except when it limited others to do the same. For totalitarianism, individualism was non-existent. All qualities judged according to the state, non-useful ones were eliminated. Opportunity comes with no questions asked to the state. Rise to the top is the ultimate goal and mindset. No rights, only responsibilities. One believes in what they were taught and only what they were taught. No conflicting beliefs. No opposing viewpoints to the state. Major weapons were being created in the midst of fascist rule. The Manhattan Project was going on as there were suspicions of Hitler creating an atomic bomb. Scientists met to create the atomic bomb which involved the relations of Canadian, British, and American support. The USSR was not told of these ongoings as they were currently a major power. So they, no one wanted them to know what they would do with an atomic bomb. These nuclear weapons were just the start of advanced technology as more came with the beginning of the Cold War. The USA and USSR were head to head after World War II was over. Russia was in a complete state of ruin and had massive debt, while the U.S. would experienced an economic bomb because the war was now going downhill. These two former World War II allies were now enemies and were creating plenty of new nuclear weapons to one-up each other. This ranged from nuclear submarines to technologically advanced satellites up in space. And basketball and hockey, in ballet, the arts, from Berlin Wall all the way to the movies. The political and cultural war waged by communists and capitalists was a colossal confrontation on a scale never seen before on Earth. Major weapons were being created in the midst of fascist rule. The Manhattan Project was going on as there were suspicions of Hitler creating an atomic bomb. Scientists met to create the atomic bomb, which involved the relations of Canadian, British, and American support. The USSR was not told of these ongoings as they were currently a major power. So they, no one wanted them to know what they would do with an atomic bomb. These nuclear weapons were just the start of advanced technology as more came with the beginning of the Cold War. The USA and USSR were head to head after World War II was over. Russia was in a complete state of ruin and had massive debt, while the US would experienced an economic bomb because the war was now going downhill. 
these two former World War II allies were now enemies and were creating plenty of new nuclear weapons to one-up each other. This ranged from nuclear submarines to technologically advanced satellites up in space. And basketball and hockey, and ballet, the arts, from Berlin Wall all the way to the movies. The political and cultural war waged by communists and capitalists was a colossal confrontation on a scale never seen before on Earth. The Cuban Missile Crisis was another fiasco that occurred during this time. The Soviet Union began to install nuclear missiles in Cuba. The United States refused to allow this, and after 13 tense days and secret meetings, the Soviet Union agreed to remove the missiles. This is perhaps the closest that the U.S. and the Soviet Union came to nuclear war during the Cold War. The two powers came to an agreement by which the Soviets would dismantle its missiles in Cuba, and the U.S. agreed to dismantle all of its U.S. missile bases in Turkey, and agreed to never, ever invade Cuba unless, well, of course, if it were directly provoked. The Soviet-Afghanistan War began in December 1979 and ended in February 1989. The over-nine-year war was fought between the Afghanistan rebels and the Soviet-supported Afghanistan government. The United States as well supported the Afghanistan rebels in order to overthrow the communist government. It was a difficult battle between the Soviets and the rebels, as many of the Soviets were inexperienced soldiers and their gear was, well, not really designed for the harsh environments of Afghanistan. 13,000 Soviet troops were killed in the war. The Soviets were embarrassed by their lack of success, and they weren't the ones on top anymore. They eventually signed a peace treaty to end the war, which was hurting their economy and costing their troops. So the war destroyed the country of Afghanistan, and it became one of the world's most poorest nations once the war had complete. The Cold War has left a lasting impact on Earth ever since it ended. It has stopped communism from spreading all the way to the West because of all the Americans' actions. There's a huge amount of security now on electronics and in our social media, yet our lives can be accessed by the rest of the world. But these technologies were only developed because of the Cold War. There's still the continued tensions between America and Russia. And there's been, since then, much more development of nuclear weapons getting bigger and badder. Also, there's been development of spaceships and astronomic technology, such as satellites, to the point where now we may be able to land on Mars. And one final thing to add would be, all warfare is done in fear of nuclear attacks and weapons. So a lot of the fighting we do is done from afar, simply because we're just really scared and 
the Cold War never really leaves our minds. These were the colossal conflicts of the 1900s. I hope you learned something new today, and thank you for listening. Show an eye on the river, quite loving on something.